It's another Saturday night in comedy, and tonight we go one-on-one with two Canadian headliners who have both made major moves stateside. From our old friend Guido Cocomello, yes, that's a real name, who's crossing the continent, teaching audiences everywhere what exactly it means to be a manja cake. And to veteran comic John Wing, who's made waves everywhere from cruise ships to late-night TV, it's poutine in paradise. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby. As always, right here on 640 Toronto. You know that because you are listening to us right now. And of course, as always, streaming coast to coast, Canada wide, North America wide, the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe wide on Global News Online. And uh, uh, this week's show is once again brought to you by. Absolutely no one. We're going to put a cricket sound in there because, again, we are approaching season eight and we are newly single and looking to mingle. And guess what? We are not picky. So come get it. Maybe actually, maybe we'll get Marvel. I don't know. That's what they need to really expand their brand. That's what Marvel and Disney needs is this show right here. we got a producer, Vince Tedesco, on the line. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> we should get like an Italian bakery based on this episode. of. Uh, we, we did, you know. That's basically the good old days. We had cannolis uh, and espresso in studio. That was uh, back in the old pre-pandy studio days, and of course, when we had our own late great Sandra Carusi with us, there was a lot of that. You know, she'd yeah. just kind of come into the studio and be like, uh, "This week, sponsor is my cousin's friend in Vaughn that has a Pizzell shop or whatever." You know, San Remo Bakery. You're on speed dial. There we go. That's fine. We really we are wide open. So believe me, there's. Do you have a hot dog cart downtown somewhere? Cool. <laughs> when you have a guido and a tony on one episode i mean what better way to here is out? the thing vince so it's uh we got an interesting it's a bit of a two-sided coin here so we have yeah it is it is really there's two canadian headliners with very different styles of comedy of course but we have our old friend guido cocomello who uh, is fresh off a run of off-broadway shows with his solo show uh, he was down in New York, and of course he was touring the show all over the place. He went across Canada with this show last time we talked to him, but it has now been rebranded a little bit and repackaged, and he's coming back here to the GTA. Uh, but yeah, Guido, Canadian comic, came up in the Montreal scene, made LA his home for the last couple of years. He's touring all over the place stateside and back home here. Uh, yeah. And then a little later on in the show, you're sitting down with John Wing, a veteran Canadian comic who, you know, a lot of our listeners here in Canada know him best from his frequent appearances on CBC's Debaters. Uh, but he's been making a home on the L.A. stand-up scene for almost four decades now. Regular featured comic on late-night television. Uh, cruise ships all over the place. He's really everywhere. So two comics who are making, in some cases, literal waves. Ooh, look the- at that. Literal waves, yes. There we go. I like a good uh, analogy here on the show. It is poutine in paradise, Vince. So we're going to kick it off right now. With our old buddy Guido Cocomello and find out what this sort of retitled, rebranded show is all about coming here to the GTA. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And of course, this week's episode is brought to you by absolutely not a soul. We are getting season eight sponsor free. 
newly single and looking to mingle here on Inside Jokes. First up, we are checking back in with our old friend, Montreal's own Guido Cocomello, who of course now makes his home in L.A. And he was kind enough to wake up at L.A. time and join us here. Fresh from a run of off-Broadway shows with his current solo show, he took this show all across Canada last time we checked in with him. Now it's sort of newly renamed, rebranded, repackaged, uh, and he's coming back here to Hamilton and the GTA. We got Guido on the line and also his director, Tony Calabretta. How are we doing tonight, boys? Doing great, man. Thanks for having us again. Really We're... appreciate it, boys. <clears throat> yeah, thank you. It's, uh, nice to meet you guys. <laughs> well, it's a good one, Tony. Ah, I don't know why I laughed when I said that, but we had a couple of minutes pre-show, so that's why. That's all we need, Tony. That's all we need. That's all we need, man. That's all we need. That's what we do here on Inside Jokes. We make new connections. And believe me, Tony and Guido, after you've been on semi-conservative comedy AM talk radio, I, those numbers are just going to blow up, man. This is Woo! it. I know. I know. That's, what, that's what everybody tells them. Like, you got to get on their show, and you'll see your ticket sales go off the charts. And I can't wait yeah. for that to happen. <laughs> when we talked to you, we talked to you earlier this season, Guido, and you were just sort of, you were getting ready to take this new solo show all across Canada. You had a run yeah. of dates, coast to coast. Then, of course, you were going down to the States. You did a run of off-Broadway shows. But you repackaged it a little bit as well. Because when we talked to you, it was, so I married a manja cake. Yep. And now it's sort of, you've sort of flipped the perspective right now. So so she married a Guido. How much did that run of shows across Canada, did that sort of change the tone of this thing? Because, I mean, obviously, Tony's your director. You spend so much time writing and honing and setting this thing in stone. But when you're out pounding the pavement and doing all these dates across the country, doing it live every night, I mean, yeah, you sort of changed the title. But how much did that tour change the flavor of what this show is right now? Man, that's a great question, Dean. It, it actually changed the show completely. So uh, people who saw it the yeah. first time in Toronto, which will be in Hamilton, June 9th, Toronto, June 10th at the Royal. Um, so what happened was basically by touring this for over almost two years, um, we knew that it was a work in progress from the beginning. Tony and I came to an agreement that we knew after doing it a few runs, we knew there was, let's say at the beginning of the show, we knew we needed a little more punch at the beginning to get them going with laughter before getting into the story. So that solution yeah. was made pretty simple because a lot of my stand-up routine, especially a lot of my new material is very autobiographical. Uh, how about me living right here uh, in California now? So I just took my new the top 20 minutes of my standard routine that's basically introduces of where I'm at now, you know, with a name like Guido Cocomelo auditioning in Hollywood with a name like Guido. I mean, you, I mean, just there, <laughs> people think I'm from Italy. Nobody knows I speak English like this. They always talk to me like, do you know where to go? I'm like, I speak like this. Like, you know, they just don't know, you know, just so, this is what Hollywood is. You know, you get a name with a vowel. They're like, He's Italian, but even though in my resume it says Canadian passport, they like, no, he's from Italy, right? So all that's yeah. in there. And then also marrying a manja cake. She, she's doing really well over here in, in, in Orange County. There's, it's like, they're all the American versions of manja cakes here. And then me. Um, so that being said, while we toured it, we also, we also edited a lot of the uh, moments of the play that were lagging or that didn't really yeah. push the story forward in the way we wanted it. So by doing that, the show is now 90 minutes long, tight, one full act. But yeah. And the reason why yeah. we changed the title is because when we went, when we got into the festival in New York on Broadway, we knew that eventually we wanted to venture into the US. And we're this is now becoming a web series and a script. So we knew that in order to sell it or North America, toward North America, they don't know what Magic is. So we just changed it to Guido 
which is basically what they call Italians. And also in Canada, yeah. except for Quebec, that's what they call yeah. Italians. So we just changed the title, but the show is exactly the same. We still explain what a manjigig is. We still do everything the show is the same. It's just from, it's more, it, it'll be easier for us to sell it going forward. <laughs> uh, the title is known in North America and for the future projects we have, web series and movie script. We just thought, let's just change the title. Let's pivot now and stick to it. So that's why, um, exactly. that's why everything is changing. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. Uh, because I, 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 sorry, Tony, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say what, what this tour did for us over the last couple of years, it just allowed us to really, really, really hone in on everything that was, uh, on everything that was like that we thought or that we don't thought actually was, was the most important, the most relevant. And so we were able to tighten this up like uh razor. I'm telling you, it's, it, it's, a, it's the whole thing. Now it's the whole package pretty much to exactly where we want it to be. If, which is kind of funny because yeah. it's it's such a different animal because obviously in stand-up, you know, coming up in comedy clubs and performing stand-up, there's always sort of that looseness to it. Even if this is your gala set or your new album set or whatever <clears throat> it is, there's always sort of that raw organic thing where anything can happen. With a show like this, yeah, sure, there is that sort of life it to is, it. It is changing the time, but it's so tight as well. Yeah. It is. It is structured, but it is also structured in such a way where – it gives him the ability. It gives him the latitude to to be himself and really show himself in in the in the stand up portion of it. It's you know when something is so well done, uh, we don't I don't want your head to, to blow up with this. Too late. <laughs> something Too is so well late. done. I'm simply the best. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just saying when something is so well done. I mean, it just his uh, improvisation, his, his rehearsed uh, portions of it come across like improvisation, which that's how good he, that's how good it's that's how good it's become. Yeah. There we go. That's how polished this thing is. All right, we're gonna come back with more Guido yes, Cocomelo and Tony Calabretta and what this new solo show is all about. And of course we gotta run a show that's coming up here in the hammer and the GTA. We'll be right back with more inside jokes. Everyone, this is Guido Cocomelo from the one man show So She Married a Guido, playing in Hamilton at the beautiful Zoetic Theater June 9th and in Toronto at the Royal on June 10th. And you are listening to Inside Jokes. Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto. And thank you again to this week's sponsor, 30 Seconds of Vacant Air. We have Guido Cocomelo on the air with us. <laughs> and of course, Nuso. So she married a Guido. Fresh off the road across Canada, toured across the States. Of course, played on Broadway in New York. But now it's sort of rebranded, retooled, and it's coming back here to Hamilton and the GTA. Which, by the way are two different places. Hamiltonians get very mad if you lump them in with the GTA because they are nothing if not the New Jersey of Canada. That's what they really <laughs> have. 
<laughs> we love Jersey. We love Jersey. <laughs> right? Isn't that our Jersey? Hamilton's really the Jersey to our Toronto. Hey, really I got to tell you, Dean, Hamilton right. is right. one of our favorite cities. We love the yeah. crowd on Hamilton. You have no idea. Tony yeah. and I, they, man, they yeah. are in it from the beginning to end. They're so involved. They communicate. They answer back. It, they're a great crowd in Hamilton, right? Toronto is, too. And, 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 and they always get us a lot of good pizza when we go there. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there <you go. laughs> well, it is kind of, it is interesting because I mean, obviously, you know, coming up in the Montreal scene, there is such a tradition there of Italian Canadian comedy. There's such a huge Italian culture in the Montreal comedy scene. So when you build a show like this and you take it to Toronto, of course you go out to the suburbs, there's a massive Italian Canadian community there that really responds to this stuff. Hamilton has that too, but there's a bit of a different edge to that audience. Is it kind of, does it kind of feel like when you brought the show to New York, it has to have a, those audiences have a very distinct personality than when you're taking this out to, you know, Vaughn and Woodbridge and the Italian suburbs up here. I feel that, well, first of all, I mean, I feel like here's the difference between Toronto and Hamilton in my point of view. I, I mean, Toronto this time and last time we're working with the wonderful people at Villa Charities uh, for the Italian Heritage Month. And what I've noticed last time between Toronto and Hamilton audience that I feel like Hamilton, because once you cross Hamilton, there's all those, it reminds me of Pittsburgh, you know, it's really blue collar. Yeah. And I think they have that. They're more, I think they're blue collar. It's almost like, I feel like Toronto, the towns that are there have been there for a little while. They've succeeded. It's a different, I think it's just different class uh, income people. I would assume that's what I, and therefore they're more hardcore in Hamilton. They are just hardcore. They and I think the ones the, the Italians in Hamilton, from what I've noticed personally, speak Italian more than the Italians in Toronto. So that's what I've noticed personally. The difference. It is. It is true. It's kind of an yeah. audience that respond to this. Hamilton's almost like uh, if you took every if Bruce Boston compared to New York, I would think. That's what it is. It's like <clears throat> basically if you if you just played Bruce Springsteen's spring entire discography for an AI program and said make a city out of that, right? Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Bruce, yes. that's very yes. good. Yes, you know, it's, Hamilton is just uh, the factory closed, and that's pretty much you know that's the, that's the <laughs> fact. Man. Exactly. It. Yeah, it is kind of funny though how you were saying. I mean, when you first brought this show stateside and obviously i mean you've been living and working in la for years there but that that reference to manja cake even on this show i had no idea that that was such a distinctly italian canadian thing and that americans really don't know what that is but as you were saying your name is literally guido which a lot of americans use for slang that i'm scandinavian that'd be like if my first name was squarehead <laughs> I I thought Sven, but Squarehead is just as good. Sven, that's, you know, can, we put, can we put the debate to rest? Munji cake literally means to eat cake. Yeah, cake eaters, right. yeah. So to eat cake. Yeah, yeah, cake what it was. Like exactly, the first yeah. Italian immigrants that came to Canada. This is basically a Canadian thing, even more specifically in Ontario. So the first mm -hmm. Italian immigrants that would work, they'd go to lunch and they'd see all their fellow co-workers eating sandwiches with the white Wonder Bread that we never – it didn't exist at the time in Italy. So. Yeah. With the consistency and the color, they thought they're eating cake. So they just, manja is eating cake as cake. So they just call them manja cakes. They just eat cake. It's cake eaters, which is yeah. which is really nice. You know, I mean, we could have been a lot meaner, but we weren't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because we go to church, obviously, at times. So if anybody has any discrepancies about that term, blame Wonder Bread. Exactly. There you go. This week's episode is brought to you by Wonder Bread. Wonder Can Bread. We, there we go, Wonder Bread. Probably not. By the way, so I mean, yes, obviously, you know, you you sort of you've retooled this show, but you're coming off of taking it across Canada and touring it around the states and all that. 
Now you have these run of shows coming up here. When does it, because again, this is a thing that you've been obviously writing and honing and polishing for such a long time and you're taking it out and selling out theaters with this. With a show like this, when does it get to that point where you're like, okay, now it's time to put this one on the shelf and just go back to basics and go hit my favorite clubs and just start spitballing some new material and ripping off crowds. When do you sort of go, okay, I've done this thing. That's that run of shows. Now it goes on the shelf and it's on to the next thing. This, this, these next two shows is that, uh, is the last one that uh, I self-produce going on my own to outside the next step for the show. That's why we're recording both shows. Mark DeBonis, great comic friend of mine and friend of yours and the show. Friend of the show, yeah. Uh, He's recording both shows. He's done. He's doing a lot of great things in Toronto with Bell Five and stuff like that. So he's becoming uh, a director in his own right. And I trust him. I've known him for so many years and I trust him. I've known his family, knows my family. So we're recording it for that purpose. The next step for this play is to get a run somewhere at a real yeah. equity theater. So we're already talking to yeah. um, some potential uh, interest and maybe um, other uh, in, in some Canadian cities yeah, that- to actually do a proper run where it's not myself investing in producing. Cause I, I do the calls where, you know, um, myself and my co-producer Sal Chuffy are the ones doing all the marketing and we're calling up people rentals. So now that we've honed it to the point where we're ready and let's film it properly. We have the pitch deck. We have a great, everything. This play is ready to now um, pitch to equity theaters. I have uh, the Laguna playhouse here in uh, Laguna beach. So now it's really to the point where it's time to pitch it as a run at a legit theater, or uh, we, yeah. we do have interest in Canada to write this into a movie script. So we've been contacted by a couple of producers. So we're writing it to a movie script. And my goal is to film also a web series as a continuation of the show here in Orange County. So I'm, um, I'm looking at investors here to film a, a web series in the fall or next winter about uh, Social Merida Guido, basically about my life, Social Merida Guido in Orange County. Um, which is also in my show. I think so. It's almost like people watch the show continuation of my life. They see the prequel, which is the play, and then you see my life going forward. So that's the intention of us moving forward. So that's why this next weekend will be uh, probably the last time that I go myself a city rent. You know, everything else now yeah. is time for uh, yeah for um, time for to, some theater. Yeah, time to yeah time to put this thing up on stage for a couple of weeks, two three weeks do a complete run and see what kind of legs it really has, you know? And then spin it off. I mean, I think there's such a mass. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, we're living in the age of, you know, you look at this stuff that goes from viral videos and YouTube channels into network series. I mean, here in Canada, you look at Letterkenny and what that sprung off into. That's just. Exactly. 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 For the running shows that you did in the States, obviously the East coast, you know, your Phillies, your New York's, they get sort of the concept, they understand it. How, if any, because I never noticed it, but how large is that Italian community in California or in Orange County or, or Laguna it Beach? It is big. It is surprisingly really? big. The Italians here, uh, I also, uh, full disclosure, I also, while I was doing this, I'm lucky enough to be, uh, I also manager of an Italian Michelin Guide restaurant in Newport Beach. But they allow me to do whatever I want. So there's, yeah. and there's, they're Italian from, there's so many Italians from Italy here. I speak Italian more here than I did in, in Canada for some reason, which surprised me. They have a huge Italian, uh, they do this um, big lunch every year called the Goomba Lunch in LA, where all the prominent Italian Americans <laughs> from, that, yeah, they, they all they all have, uh, they all get there for lunch. Um, there's a big Italian 
uh, Canadian community here. So, and that uh, is what I'm trying to get into next. But although this show, you mentioned about the show in the States, in New York, there was only one Italian guy there, and that was our buddy Massimo, the comedian, because he lives in New York now. Yeah, he's the only Italian. <laughs> friend of the yeah. show. Yeah, Massimo. Yeah, another friend of the well, show. Hold on a second. Every time he'd laugh at the, oh. I knew it was Massimo, because it, you know, so. We but, had a few, I had a few buddies, uh, I had a few New York buddies there too, Italian. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. But, was there, but, the thing, there, right, yeah, yeah. but the thing that we're trying to say is that, we performed this show <clears throat> yeah. mostly in front of non-Italians in in the states, and it worked just as well. It worked very well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really about the story. So we've kind of tweaked. Yeah, exactly. When I'm in the states, when I know the the city I'm in, they don't speak Italian. Uh, I don't say word. I don't use so many words or sentences in Italian. I always adjust to the audience um, of where we're at, and the reason why I uh, we're ready to film this and move forward is because we've been to cities where there's not a big Italian community and this show works just as well because it really is about the story about, you know, yeah. uh, well, uh, that's... going after your dreams, my father's death. It's all these things that happen. Yeah, Which by exactly. the way, we yeah, should yeah, point yeah. out the, uh, the Italians in Laguna beach don't say manja cake. They say manja kale. That's what they do. Before we let you guys go, we could talk to you guys all day before we let you guys go. So where can we get tickets to these upcoming shows? And also, uh, of course, Guido, there's a promo code for our listeners as well where they can grab some tickets for this. Right. So if you go to my website, therealguido.com backslash shows backslash, there'll be two shows there, one in Hamilton, one in Toronto. Just click uh, the city you'd like to come and uh, you could use um, the promo code SCONTO all in capital letters. It'll be S-C-O-N-T-O for 20% off. So go to my website and you can peruse my website, uh, therealguido.com backslash shows. There we go. Don't forget, catch those shows live coming up here. Yep. Use the promo code SCONTO. Thank you again, Guido and Tony. We'll catch you live. Thank coming you, guys. Up. We will be right back with our upcoming friend of the show, the one and only John Wing. We'll be right back right here on Inside Jokes. Hi, I'm Garrett Jameson. You're listening to Inside Jokes. Please get outside and see some live stand-up comedy. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Welcome back to Inside Jokes. I'm Vince Tedesco taking over the second half of this episode. Sitting in with me now is a gentleman that I'm surprised we haven't had on. In, in the last eight years, but uh, a very well-known Canadian stand-up who's made the move many moons ago down to sunny California. He's joining us now, getting up early yet again, another appreciation for all you West Coasters, but I'd like to welcome to the show, Mr. John Wing. John, how are we? Thank you. I'm very well. Thank you, Vince. Nice uh, to be here on your show. 
Well, well <laughs> thank you for joining us. Thank you for getting up early. I mean, it, it, you know, as we always kind of uh, compliment the West Coast comics that come on and we kind of make time for them. How many years has it been now since you've, you've actually, not, you are Canadian, you've, you've left Canada, like I said, many moons ago, but how many years now in LA? I've been in LA uh, since 1988, 35 years. And has it everything? Has it amounted to everything you hoped and dreamed it would be? <laughs> no, but close. Okay, well there. No, we go. not every. You never get everything. You never get everything all at once. Now, many of you, like you may know the name or you may know the face, but you've had stints on America's Got Talent. Uh, you've done uh, numerous showcases. You'd be amazed that even seeing your, uh, I believe it was Comedy Now showcase popped up on TV. Like, when oh. was that taped? Comedy Now. The latest it could have been would have been around 2001, well, 2002, that's making, maybe. That's making the rounds again on our comedy channel. That's how outdated it was. June, uh, it was June, and the U.S. Open was on, and <laughs> we were taping, and I wanted to watch the Open. So I was watching it in the green room. And the guy had like a three foot putt to win Retief Goosen. And they said, you got, it's time. You got to go. So <laughs> I went up and did the set. And then I went back to the hotel and uh, I figured, okay, Goosen won. And I turned on the TV and he had missed the putt <gasps> and it was, and it was a playoff, which he won. So oh. yeah, wow. I measure every, I measure uh, everything by uh, golf. <laughs> Apparently, that was spot on. But uh, sporting events at the time. Yeah, I think that was my comedy now, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, you, to me, you are the definition of a true stand-up. I mean, you know how to work the room. It is that, it's true, because if you looked up the definition of stand-up comedy and what people perceive it to be, you, you lay it out in every manner of your material, of your set. Um, your demeanor on stage is one that I almost instantly fell in love with because you are so dry like deadpan but it is the most you know hilarious stuff when you when i guess when you write and your thought process in your writing where does it all stem from essentially it it's like stand-up comedy is your life experiences plus your own voice on stage translating it into some sort of humorous outlook or or, or punchline but for you right. for you is it do you have a certain method in the way, like this could be a bit, let's scratch it a bit, or this is the punchline. Let me work around it. How do I get here? What's your method? Well, you start, sometimes you start with a line. Um, some bits start this way. You have a line, line occurs to you. You go on stage, you do the line, gets a laugh. Next time you're up, you do the line again and you're excited to do it because it's new. So you're excited. And so your mind is going a little quicker than usual because you're excited and you do the line. And then another line occurs to you because you're so excited and you do a second line and then say that works. And then you, you, you add to it over the, over time, over a period of months. And then it's three minutes by the end of the six month period or whatever, we started with a line and now it's three minutes. I'm trying to find well-phrased, really nicely crafted lines that are easy to say. And uh, like, um, 
what's a good line that I have that's easy to say? Uh, <laughs> well, something oh, to keep the audience um, engaged. I, um, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, when I was a kid, the only organic thing I ever ate was a worm on a dare. That's a line <laughs> I wrote. Um, and, and that's a good, that's a, that's a line, a one line that's a joke and a setup in the whole line. The, the line is, it's, is in itself a joke and that's what you want. A lot of people are more pen to paper or iPhone or, or quickly, you know, very um, do a voice memo in a phone. But I mean, did this change over time? Did you adapt to this? I mean, when you first started out, were you one way? And was the move to LA? Oh. Was the move to LA something totally like, hey, I got to find a new way to look at comedy because I'm in Los Angeles? No, then. no, I'm not. No, no, I moved to LA because uh, I worked. Uh, you worked more in the states. Eighty-seven. I, I worked 40, 42 weeks out of town, something like that. Forty-four, maybe. In eighty-seven, I was living in Toronto. I, I was out of town forty-two weeks of that year. Oh wow! Some crazy. And I thought, you know, uh, how, I, how can I make more money? I can't. I can't do more weeks. Right. I, mean, I could do ten, but that's ridiculous. So, um, uh, I if I'm gonna I, if I go, I could make 10 times the money if I hit. Now, and then, think- I, and then I thought, but wait, I, I had to, I thought, I don't want to look back 20 years from now and wish I'd gone. So I went. Well, that's, that's, that was the I'm only reason. That was the real reason. And I met a, I met a girl. That's, who lived out okay. here. that's always happened. And I came out here to be with her too. So, and I'm still with her. So now, in 1988, does that philosophy still stand still? Does geography matter anymore? I mean, with social media, people are making their waves everywhere. And there's been a lot of people that have tried to do what you do, not succeed, no. and come, like, I, one word off the bat, Ron James, you know, went down. Yeah, but Ron didn't, Ron didn't like it. There are a lot of guys. There are a lot of guys like Ron. Ron do you need a certain kind Glenn, of Glenn to make it in LA? It too. You need a no, certain- no. I, and, and hey, man, I didn't make it in L.A. I'm I just saying make it. Uh, I just I just made a I just got to a point where I made a reasonable living and I could live here rather right. than there. That's all. Like when I started out here in 88, uh there were a couple of guys uh who I was uh, I was at the improv with when we were trying to get it together. And I mean we 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 all came here comics. We came here with a product. We 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 had not we weren't starting out here. You know what I mean? We'd already been comics on the road, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But one of them, one of them now books a bunch of rooms in Vegas, Jordan Brady. And the other one is Judd Apatow. And he's a gazillionaire. <laughs> um, you don't know, right? You don't know how it's going to go for you. Um, but the thing was, I'm a way better stand up than I am an actor. And as much as I, as I tried to be an actor, never really worked for me. So I never got any jobs. Oh, that's probably a scam call. No, pay no attention <laughs> to the scam call and uh, never got any jobs. So, and I like doing stand up. I really do. Right. So I, I never got into stand up in order to do something else, you know? So I, I think you're awesome at your craft. Uh, he is John. Thank Wayne. you. More with him after the break. I'm Vince Tedesco. You listen to Inside Jokes right here, 640 Toronto. Answer that, folks.
Hey, what's up, Canada? It's Chris Siddiqui. I'm not doing anything with my life, but I'm doing this. You're listening to Inside Joe. Let us be lovers, we'll marry our fortunes together. I've got some real estate here in my bag. Welcome back to Inside Jokes. I am Vince Tedesco. Sitting in with me is the L.A. resident, but not always, because sometimes he's touring the seven seas. Mr. John Wing is happy to join us. He is stable right now. Uh, but, John, how has, uh, how has cruise life been? Like, I mean, you well, I've been on I've, cruises. So, I mean, like, I've been on cruises since uh, 1994. So it's my 28th year. 28th year. Is that kind of like the golden goose for a stand-up comic? If you get a gig on a cruise ship, you kind of like... It depends on the the cruise line. (laughs) Depends on the cruise line. I've worked worked for most of them, all the major ones. Um, Yeah, it's... You know what's great about the gig is it's insular. Uh, When you're on the ship... You've got no problems other than your show. You know, you don't have to clean. You don't have to cook. You don't have to do anything except kick, kick ass at the show. Can I say that? Of course you can. Uh, Yeah. You just have to kick it when you, when you're working, that's all. And uh, I really, uh, that, that was something I really liked. And now as it's evolved, I mean, back when I started on ships, comedy clubs still flew you out, put you up, and paid you pretty well. But that's changed too. <laughs> so uh, I got an offer uh, the other day from a guy, uh, Dr. Lowball, I call him. And uh, he said, uh, you want to go to Phoenix for one night? It's $600. No air, no hotel. And I said, so it's $200. <laughs> uh, no, I don't want to go. <laughs> but... Um, but ships, uh, ships, they feed you, they put you up, they fly, fly you, put you up, feed you, and you just have to do shows. Yeah, it's as I guess as cushy gigs go, it's pretty good, pretty darn nice. Good. Now, like amongst the that profession or line of work, being the 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 stand-up on a cruise ship has evolved over time, and the internet has evolved over time. I couldn't, you know, let this go without asking your take. As I said, you. You are a veteran in the game. You've, you've been around. You've been doing this for quite some time. You are a definition of the, the, the prototypical stand-up comic. What is your take on this whole... I'm going to phrase it as just social media and the cancel culture of it all and how everybody yeah. can just yeah. be triggered at any moment. John Wayne, yeah, well, please weigh in. <laughs> I find it fascinating that there are jokes I did 20 years ago. Couldn't do them today. I find that fascinating. But it's not, I don't find it fascinating because I want to do those jokes. Uh, I just find that interesting. Um, I don't have any problem with consequences for saying stuff. You just have to be aware of your culture and, and know that, and be creative. You know what I mean? You just have to be creative. Could you think you could say uh, those jokes in a different way today? Uh, you know, if I thought about it, Absolutely. Sort of rebranding your material in a way. Yeah. I don't know if that works. Well, it, here's an example. I, I, I had a joke that I was going to do on uh, 
America's Got Talent. And they had encouraged me in the auditions to be edgy, which is always a funny word to, for the people to use to be, be edgy. Get out there and be edgy. Yeah, push the boundary. So, um, so yeah, push the envelope. So I get on the show and I'm at, I'm going to be at Radio City Music Hall and they, they call me up and say, you can't do this joke. And I really liked the joke. You know, what's the joke? Can I get, can I get to hear the joke? Oh, uh, the, uh, what was it? Um, my wife has a superpower. She thinks of something and it happens. And uh, I don't have that power. I, uh, you know, she thinks of something and Shazam, right? Right. It comes, it comes to the door. Uh, I don't have that power. And if I, and it's a good thing I don't have that power because if I did, the doorway would just be a pile of hookers. Uh, now that was the original joke and they wouldn't let me do it. Um, and the one we changed it to was uh, uh, my wife, she thinks of something uh, and it happens. And I don't have that power. And I know because the other night I was alone with my wife and I thought of something and she said, that is not happening tonight. <laughs> And, and, and what, what the other thing about it is I can get two laughs with that joke. I can get two. I, I can get a laugh with I thought of something. Right. right? I, uh, so I can get two laughs instead of the original, which was only one. I, I mean, hookers is a funny word, a pile of hookers. It's a funny word. It's a funny. Yeah, but it's uh, for network <laughs> television. I can see that. But for the other one, absolutely. You're needing the mystery of that's not happening. Absolutely. You're, 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 mentioning you're, you're letting you're letting the audience. You're letting the audience fill it in for themselves. I have another joke that I can't do on the radio, <laughs> probably, that I probably can't do on the radio that I can do on ships. Okay. Because, and, and it's a, it's, I mean, you know, it's a pretty dirty joke, but, uh, but I can do it. I, well, I, I can do it until I get 20 complaints one night and they tell me <laughs> you better not do that joke again. Well, I think ships were an early version of cancel culture. In, in, in those in those terms, right? Because well, you could that would boarding those things. <laughs> What's that? Who knows who's boarding those things? You can get people from anywhere all over this God green earth that come on a cruise. Well, ship. well, yeah, but you but you you got to but the, part of the job is making the audience agree on things, right? They have to agree that something's funny. You have to get everybody mm -hmm. to agree, um, and that's why you can't do. Well, I don't. I can't do political stuff or you can't do anything where, where you're only going to get half of them to agree. That isn't going to work. Right. right. So just, well, we both agree that I think you're awesome. And I thank you. And I oh, can't thanks, man. Too long since you, the first time to be on inside jokes. So I thank you for your time today. Uh, John wing, where can uh, people find you? I know you, you got some dates coming up, but you also have, a Oh, uh, well, I'm, I'm doing some ships this summer. Uh, I have a podcast called uh, the bad piano player. It's a music podcast. Uh, on Apple, on Podtail, on various, all, wherever you get your podcast. Wherever you get your podcast. The Bad Piano Player. We get a solid 80 to 100 downloads a week. And <laughs> 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 um, I'm the Bad Piano Player, and I'm the Mediocre Singer, and we uh, we talk about music and do, and, and do uh, songs based on a theme of each episode. It's about a half an hour. Every other Tuesday. Perfect. Thanks. Here's John Wing. Thank you for your time today, buddy. We hope to uh, chat again down the road sometime, but thank you for coming by. I hope so, too. Thank you. Thank Later. You. Awesome. Bye. Today's Comedy Rx is John Wing. I have two daughters, 16 and 19, so my life is pretty much just pure bliss at this point. <laughs> the 16-year-old thinks I'm an idiot. 
And the 19-year-old knows I'm an idiot. It's a progression. I worry about their education, and I've been worried since the beginning. In first grade, in my daughter's class, they didn't correct spelling. I, and I, it bothered me, you know, because it was a school. I went to the teacher, I said, I'd like you to correct my daughter's spelling. And she said, well, we don't do that. And I said, what happens when she grows up, tries to apply for a jib? She said, sir, we don't correct spelling. And I said, look, Butch, if you're getting my draft here. The one good thing about having teenagers is you can speak to them in complete sentences. When they were small, they're only going to hear the first three words you say when they're little. So you've got to talk in those idiotic three-word parent sentences all day. Hey, hey, hey! Stop that now. Stop it now. I said now. Yes, you will. Yes, I will. Yes, we will. Turn it up. Turn it down. Turn it off. Shut the door. Shut the fridge. Shut your face. Ask your mom. Go to bed. Go to sleep. Clean your plate. Have a bath. Pick it up. Put it down. Don't touch that. I said no. No. I said, what did I say? Say that again. I dare you. I hate you. Thank you very much.